Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Praise God. That, I said, Lord, that's what I want to be able to say, that I made my mark. That I might be gone, I might be gone on to the heavens, but Lord, I made a mark. I made a difference in somebody's life. God has put us here to make a mark. If you don't know nothing else, you got to know that God has put you here to make a mark. He's put you here to make a difference. I don't care who you are. You might just be somebody that works in the grocery store, but you're here to make a mark. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. I want to thank Pastor Shroud for just um, giving me the opportunity to share the Word of God. And I'm going to tell you all something. I get excited about the Word of God. I mean, I really do. I'm like... You know, if anybody's ever, you know, the first time you went to Six Flags or something, you like, man, we can get ready to go to Six Flags. You see all the little roller coasters. You get ready to go in. You're getting your ticket. That's how I feel about the Word of God. That's how I feel about ministry. I'm like, I'm excited about this thing. I've been excited about it all, all week long. Ever since he asked me, I was like, Lord, just give me a word for your people. And so that's how excited I am, like a kid going to Six Flags for the first time. Amen. But uh, I want to speak today. I want to talk to you today. Uh, as, and I told Pastor Shroud this, the message that he gave me, it, it coincides with what he's already been preaching on. And he's been talking about, and he said the theme for this year is about releasing your potential. Releasing your potential. So today I want to I wanna talk from releasing your potential, make your mark. Make your mark. And I want us to go to the book of 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4. Uh, verses 6 through 8, and we're going to start there today. And it says here, As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. This is Paul speaking. He said, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. And now the prize awaits me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Here, Paul was speaking to his spiritual son, Timothy, and he was letting him know. He said, he said, I've, he said, my time of departure is at hand. Paul knew that as someone at near his time of death was near. And so he wrote this letter to his spiritual son, Timothy, and he told him, he said, he said, I've, I've, I've finished. He said, I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. And I want to talk about what those particular three things that Paul said. They really stuck out to me. And I want to talk about those three things for a second, just for a second. Three powerful keys to leaving a mark. These are three powerful keys. The first thing Paul said is, I have fought the good fight fight. I fought to get the good fight. See, in there, a lot of times in life, life is challenging. We go through challenges in life. We go through challenges with sickness in our bodies. We go through challenges on our jobs. We go through challenges with things that we're thinking about, things that we want to do, things that we haven't done in our lives. We go through all these different challenges. We go through challenges in marriage. We go through challenges in relationships with our friends. 
But right here, Paul said that you have to, we have to fight the good fight. We got to keep on fighting. See, because it's easy for us to just say, man, I'm just, I just want to give up. This thing is hard for me. I'm, what I've been facing is hard. But Paul said, I fought the good fight. You know, er, earlier this week, I was flipping on the TV channels, and I saw this movie that was on. And I didn't know what it was, but the movie was called The Challenger. And in the movie, it was this boxer, and he was, when I caught it, he was in the ring, and he was fighting his final fight, and he was fighting against this champion. And so in the ring, he, they were in like the last, the, almost the last round. They were going 10 rounds, but they were in the ninth round, and they both were all beat up. And so when he sat in his corner, and his coach came over to him, he told the, the man that was the challenger sat down in the, in the corner. He was all beat up, and he was like, he said... I don't think I can finish. I don't think I'm going to be able to finish. I don't have anything left. That's what he told him. I don't have anything left. And his coach told him, he said, listen, this is where you got to dig down. This is where you got you to gotta go in. And you got you to gotta go and dig down deep and, and, and do and, and everything that is within you. He said, all this time, all those other fights that you fought, this is where the point that you have to dig down so that when you're done with this fight, you can tell your children that I finished. And what he told them was, was so powerful. He said, he said, it's not about winning. It's never been about winning. It's about the fact that you finished. See, some of us, we think it's all about winning. I got to win. I got to win. But Paul was letting us know in this scripture. He said, listen, I fought the good fight. I finish the race. And that's what the God showed me. He said, it's never been about winning. It's about finishing. So whatever you're doing, whatever your challenges is, you got to fight to finish, to finish the course that God has for you. It's never been about winning. And I'm going to tell you why later. That's why Paul said, you got to fight for your family. You got to fight for your freedom. You got to fight for your destiny. You got to fight for your dream. You got to fight for everything that God has put in you. That's what we're fighting for. We're not fighting to win. We're fighting so we can get to the finish line. And we're not competing against one another. There's so much, so much competition all the time. In this worldly system, in this secular system, everybody's competing against one another. Everybody's trying to be better than one another. But we're not, we don't do that. We fight differently. We're not fighting. We're running against our own abilities, against our own selves. That's what I'm fighting for. I'm not fighting against anybody else. I'm fighting, but, and see, if I've already won. I'm going to show you that as, as we go on. But you got to fight for your legacy. You got to fight for your family. You got to fight for your dreams. You got to fight for your destiny. And so he had to realize, the fighter had to realize that I'm not, he said, you, you, you don't have to win. You just have to finish. You can say you went 10 rounds with the champion. That's what he, that's what he realized. So we got to keep running. We got to keep working. We got to keep testifying. And we got to keep fighting. And the other thing, the third thing that Paul said was, he said, he said, I've kept the faith. We as believers, we have to keep the faith. The devil wants to take your faith. 
He wants to he wants to give you all kind. We'll be we'll be challenged with all sorts of false doctrines, false teaching, secular ideas, worldly concepts, all kinds of stuff is going to come to try to make us to lose our faith. But you got to know who you are. You got to know who God has called, called you to be. We are the children of God. We are we are called by God. Listen, this is what this is what uh, Jesus said to Peter in Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. He said to Peter, he said, the Lord said, to, said, said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to sift you that he may sift you as wheat. He said, but I've prayed for thee that your faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And you know what that made me think about? That made me think about my grandmother, my 93-year-old grandmother. She's still living. Back in the day, she used to make, you know, different cornbread, biscuits, and stuff like that. And she had this thing. It was like a sifter. And what she would do, she would, I was like, I didn't know what grandma was doing back then. But she would take the flour, and she would put it in the sifter, and she would turn it. And then you would see the, uh, the flour falling through. And I was like, I didn't understand what she was doing at the time. But as, as I learned, when, and, and it applies to this scripture, what it did was when she poured the flour in there, the flour that came through the sifter, it was the best part of the flour. That's what it was doing. It was taking out the, the, the stuff that wasn't needed, and it gave you the best part of the flour. So when Jesus said to Peter, Satan has desired to sift you, it's when Satan is trying to take the best part of you out of your life. He's trying to take your faith. That's why Jesus told him, he said, he's, that's why Jesus told him, he said, listen, he's trying to sift you as wheat. But he said, I, but the, here's the thing that's so you know, about it that's so incredible. Jesus didn't tell him, you know, it's not going to, you know, he's, I'm not going to stop him. He just told him, he said, I prayed for you that your faith fell not. So he said, you're going to go through something. That's what Jesus letting us know. Look, you're going to go through something, but don't worry about it. I've already prayed for you. What a thing to know that even though we go through stuff, Jesus said, I prayed for you. It doesn't matter. We always are asking all kinds of people to pray for us. But Jesus said, I pray for you that your faith fell not. Jesus said, I'm praying for you. And he told him, see, Jesus knew that he was going to come out on the other side. Because he said, when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. When you go through the storm, strengthen your brethren. When you get over the, over the mountain, strengthen your brethren. You're going to come through this. So if you're going through something this morning, don't worry about it. Jesus is praying for you that your faith fail not. Because the enemy wants to take your faith. That's why Paul said, I finished the race. I've kept the faith. You got to keep the faith at all costs. That's what, because he if you lose your faith, that's everything. When you lose your faith, if you don't have faith in anything, you don't have faith in God, you don't have faith that you can finish, you don't have faith that you can make it, Satan knows, so he wants to come, he's going to try to sift you as we, he tries to take the best part out of you. But Jesus said, don't worry, I got you. I got you. He said, don't worry, I got you covered. I got you. I pray for you that, that your faith fail not, and when you're converted, Strengthen your brethren. What does he say? When you're converted, share your testimony. Tell other people what I did for you. Tell other people how, so, so that I can get the glory out of your life. So that's what we have to do. And then the, the other marvelous thing that Paul said in this verse is, he said in verse 8, And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness, what the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day of his return. And this prize is not just for me, 
but for all who eagerly look forward to his return. What is that saying? That's saying that we all win. He said, I'm gonna get a, when I finish my race, I'm going to get a crown of righteousness, but not just me, to everybody who's eagerly awaiting for his return. So that's why we don't have to fight to win, because we, we're going to win anyway. When we're walking with Jesus, we win anyway in the end. He says, I'm going to give you a crown of righteousness, those who are eagerly awaiting for his return. Look, I'm eagerly awaiting. I'm excited about it. I'm doing everything I got to do here right now, but I'm still eagerly, eagerly awaiting for his return. And what a powerful statement for Paul, for, for Paul to be able to say that I've emptied myself of everything that God put in me. That's how you have to, you have, to have the mindset that I'm going to do everything that I've been called to do while I'm here on this earth. I want to I I be empty when I leave. I want to say that I've done the will of God. I want him to be able to say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I'm not, you know, that's what I want. That's what I live for. That's what I wake up for every day. So to do the will of God at all costs, you understand what I'm saying? To be able to, Paul to be able to, see, Paul was able to say that. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. I've done the will of God. And that's what we want to be able to say. And now is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. The prize, I'm going to get the prize that God has for me. But he said it's not only available to me, it's available to all of us who are waiting his return. You know, I was just, some, you know, I was on YouTube the other day, and I was, you know, a video popped up of Bishop, Bishop Eddie Long. And so I was watching it, and he was preaching this sermon. And we all know the stuff that happened, but God, God did some great things through that man of God. And so he was talking, he said, he asked the Lord, he said, Lord, he said, when I die, he said, I want you to give me three minutes. Don't take me quickly. He said, just give me three minutes. And I was like, what is he talking about? He said, give me three minutes because he said, I just need three minutes so that I can remind the devil that I might be ready transitioning over to heaven and I'm transitioning over but he said I'm letting you know that I still have sown some seeds in the earth so those that are coming behind me are going to still be doing damage to you so I might be going on over and I might be gone and I might be transitioning over but guess what the work is not over I still got some seeds that I sown in the earth I still got I made my mark I left a legacy I put some seeds in some other people and they're going to go forth and they're going to continue to tear down your kingdom you understand what I'm saying I was like man praise God that I said Lord that's what I want to be able to say that I made my mark that I might be gone I might be gone on to the heavens but Lord I made a mark I made a difference in somebody's life God has put us here to make a mark. If you don't know nothing else, you got to know that God has put you here to make a mark. He's put you here to make a difference. I don't care who you are. You might just be somebody that work in the grocery store, but you're here to make a mark. You're here to make a difference in someone's life. It does, you don't know what it, will, what it will do when you tell somebody, you just speak to somebody and say, look, look, the Lord loves you. Something simple. Something that you can just do for somebody. It's something simple. Just take them out somewhere. Give them something. It's so many things that we do in life. There were people I knew that just at the church I used to go to a long time ago. The guy, he just cleaned up the church all the time. They knew him for cleaning up the church, Deacon Robert Lofton. 
That man was at that church faithfully. He cleaned up the church before we came. He cleaned up the church when we left. He cut the grass. When we had cookouts, he did the barbecue. You know, he would, when, when service is over, he would be blinking the lights and telling everybody, it's time for y'all to get up out of here. And, and he loved, and that's what he did, right? My wife, no. But that was, when he was gone, he, he didn't do some kind of lofty thing, but that was his legacy. Everybody knew he was a faithful servant. You understand what I'm saying? So we, gotta, we have to be able to know that God has called us to leave a mark. And it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. You know, Paul himself wasn't perfect. Paul wasn't perfect. We're going to read a little bit more about Paul. You see, it's not a sin to fall down. It's a sin to stay down. When you fall down and you just lay there and soak in the mud and just keep staying in that, staying in that state that you're in. See, God doesn't want you to stay down there. God says, get up. Even though you fall down, you got to get up. You got to shake yourself off. You got to be like David. Look, look, the Bible says of David, God said about David, he's a man of my own, after my own heart. David had a man killed and took his wife. You understand what I'm saying? And had a baby by the, you know, all this kind of stuff. But God still said he's a man after my own heart because David was quick to repent. When David was caught, he said, look, I'm guilty. And he went to God and he said, wash me, make me white as snow, clean me. So when we, get, when we fall down, we got to say, Lord, wash me. I know I messed up God last night, but wash me, make me white as snow. Lord, restore me, God. Lord, I'm coming back to you. When I first got saved, you know, and I, 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 when I first gave my life to the Lord, I mean, rededicated my life when I was like 20 or 22 or whatever it was, I used to go to the altar every Sunday. Lord, forgive me, Jesus my mom would say, you going down there again? And I say, yes, I am. And she, cause she was, I'm like, I'm going there, Lord. I, I know what I did. I was just, I was vacillating. But I was, I was like, Lord, I don't care. Every Sunday I was at that altar, Father, forgive me. Lord Jesus, help me, Lord. And my mom, she was so, she was just, oh, Lord, my son going out. To, I said, hey, whatever, mama. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if they in church, if they hear, some people be complaining about the young people doing stuff in church. They in church. They might not be perfect, but they hear they serving. They have a heart for the Lord. Stop complaining. If when they was when they, if they was out there in the streets, you'd be out there. Lord, pray for my daughter. Lord, help me. Just thank Jesus. They in the church. Thank Jesus. They here to do something. You understand what I'm saying? I was at that altar every Sunday until God. Just brought, just continue to let that stuff fall off my life and change over time. See, cause salvation is instant, but the process of change is uh, the changing is a process. It takes time. So if you if you if you ain't got it all right, that's okay. God says I'm processing you over time. I'm doing something in your life, cause He's creating you to make a mark. He's creating you so that you can make a mark. But Paul had a very interesting life. Paul was highly educated. He went to the best Bible school. He studied under the, some of the most intellectual professors. But in all that, he still had missed it. How do we know this? Let's read Acts chapter 22, verse 2 through 4. It says, then Paul said, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus, the city of Sicilia. And I was brought up and educated under Jerusalem, under Gamaliel. As his student, I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs. I became very zealous to honor God in everything I did, just like all of you today. 
And I persecuted the followers of the way, hounding some to death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. Paul was a, a very religious man. He said, I've stated under the, some, of, some of the best teachers, but in all that, he still had missed it. You can, be, you can be out here and be serving the Lord and calling yourself serving, serving the Lord and be all the way off course like Paul was. He said, and, and the thing of it is, is that Paul, what he was doing was, see, he had all these aspirations. He said, I was zealous for the Lord. But you know, you can be going your whole life, you know, climbing the ladder of, of success in, 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 on your job or at, in things, spiritual things and have your, have your ladder Leaning, found out when you get to the top that your ladder was leaning up against the wrong building. All that time you've been climbing up trying to get to the top, and Paul had his ladder against the wrong building. You understand what I'm saying? You got to pay attention to what building your ladder is to. Why are you trying to climb the ladder? What is it all for? You understand what I'm saying? So Jesus had to change Paul's legacy by knocking him off of his high horse. It was on that road to Damascus that God changed Jesus, I mean, changed Paul's destiny. On his way to Damascus, the Lord came to him and said, listen, Paul, this, this is how you know. Listen, when, when Jesus knocked Paul off, Saul, his name was Saul at the time, knocked him off that horse, all that studying, all the, I was studied under the best teachers, I went to the best schools, all that stuff. I grew up in Sicilia, all that. He said, Jesus, who are you? He said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, who you're persecuting. See, sometimes when you, if you're talking about people and you're you doing stuff against people, you're doing it against Jesus because he was persecuting the people of the way. So we have to be careful who we put our mouths on, who we gossip about, who we talk about, because who, he said, you're persecuting me. You think you're doing something against them? You're not doing nothing against them. You're doing it against the Lord. He said, touch not my anointing. Do my prophet no harm. You understand what I'm saying? So Jesus had to stop him and say, uh-uh, no, 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 you're persecuting me. Because we are the church. The church is not a building. We are the church. You understand what I'm saying? So we have to stand together. And he knocked him off that horse. He said, no, no. And G all that education, and Paul didn't know who Jesus was. You can be educated as you want to be. Have all the degrees and, and cum de day law, whatever they call that stuff. And You know what I'm saying? I work graduating. I'm not against education. I'm just saying, you know, I graduated cum de law and all that. And you don't even know who Jesus is. That don't, it, don't, it don't mean, if you don't know Jesus, it don't mean nothing. You have, you have so many degrees, you know what I'm saying? All that kind of stuff. And if you don't know Jesus, it's nothing. To know him and to know him, that's what it's about. So here, here I want to read some more, a little bit about Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 through 16. He said, I thank Jesus Christ our Lord who has given me the strength. This is when Paul was converted to get to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. He said, even though I used to blaspheme his name in my insolence, I persecuted his people. He said, but God had mercy on me. Anybody ever felt like that? He said, because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Yeah. A lot of stuff that we do, sometimes we do it in ignorance and unbelief because we don't know any better. Yeah. And Paul said, That's, that was me right there. And then he went on to say, oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that come from Christ Jesus. He said, even though I was blaspheming, blaspheming his name, 
I was persecuting his people, he still said, look, I still got something for you to do. You would think that when somebody, we look at people and say, man, it's just no hope for them. They just out there. They just out. You know when you say they just out there. I seen such a such Shanika on the street. Is she out there? You know how we be talking about people. You know what I'm saying? You know we see them like, yeah, she was out there, man. She looked like she on meth or something. The teeth all messed. Jesus said, that's the one I'm looking for. That's the one I want right there. That's how Paul was. And I'm gonna show you where how you how we know this. In verse 15, he said, "This is a trustworthy saying." Everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I am the worst of them. You hear that? He said, but God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus would use me as an ex prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. What is Paul saying? Paul said, I'm the worst of sinners. And if God can use a person like me, he said he had patience with me, though. But why did he let me go through what I went through? Why was I running around on the street? Why was I out here living this way and living that way and doing all kinds of stuff? Because God wanted to use me as an example so that later on, some others could see that, hey, Paul was the worst of sinners, and God still used him. So even if it might be a loved one, it might be somebody that you've been praying for and saying, when is God going to do something in their life? There's no more hope for them. God, Paul said, look at me. I was the worst of them, and God still used me. Look at me. Look at my life. Look, I was persecuting Christians. He's, in another version, Paul said, I was a violent man. You understand what I'm saying? Some people out here, they violent. They're always trying to start something. Some, it's, it's people that you think that God would never save. But God, Paul said, look, Paul is long gone. But he said, my life will be used as an example so that the worst of sinners, so that those people that the church says that's the worst of sinners, they'll never be saved. Paul said, yes, look at me. Look at me. He said, he said Jesus saved me, basically. So all the education, Paul says, he, he said, I was acting out of ignorance and unbelief. It doesn't matter. Paul, God still used Paul. He still used him for his glory. He still used him. So don't give up on that person that you think is just too far gone because God can still do something in their life. After all that Paul had been through, he left his mark. The New Testament is filled with more than half of his letters and teachings. Even though he has, he, he has long been gone, we are still encouraged and uplifted by his journey. But think about what your legacy will be. When people say your name, what will it mean? Martin Luther King Jr., Mahalia Jackson. It's Black History Month, so I'm just naming some people. B.B. King. When you hear these names, they mean something to you. Miles Davis, Sidney Poitier, Caleb Elder. Mark Shroud, Trafina Richardson. When they say your name, what is it going to mean? It doesn't mean that you have to, like I said, that you have to do some, be some type of celebrity or so-called star. But whatever you have done, leave your mark. Be the best at whatever you're doing. Give it your all. Be passionate about it. See, I believe if you're going to do something, I'm not going to do nothing if I'm not going to be passionate about it. If I wasn't passionate about this, I wouldn't even be up here. Even if I was invited, I'm like, I don't want to do that. 
You understand? But I'm, I'm passionate. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it with passion. I'm going to do it like I, I, because I love it. You understand what I'm saying? Some have been the most wonderful. Some have been cooks. That's what they've been, the most wonderful cooks in life. You understand what I'm saying? Some have been stay-at-home mothers who raise their children. Some may be the janitor at school who cleans up when the students leave every day. Some may be the manager at the grocery store or the grocery store clerk that you see every, every time you go to the store. It does not matter. We all will leave a mark some kind of way. Every day that we live, work, and serve, we're leaving an impression on someone. That can be good or bad. So the last thing I want to leave you with, eight things that we must do to leave our mark. Eight things. I don't know how to get my water. Number one. Be willing to change. That's the first thing. To leave a mark, you got to be willing to change. Listen, when Paul, when Jesus confronted Saul on the road to Damascus, Paul could, Saul could have said, Jesus, who are you? I don't want to have nothing to do with you. He could have did that. He had a choice. Jesus does not force us to do anything. He said, so Saul was willing to change. He's, so in order for you to leave your mark, first of all, you have to be willing to change. So when Jesus confronted Saul, Saul said, who are you? And then Jesus told him what he needed him to do, and he changed his life. So number one, you got to be willing to change. Number two, you have to walk with God. Joseph was a man that went through, he's a young man, he went through a lot of challenges in life. He, went, he was betrayed by his brothers. He was sold into slavery to Potiphar. Then he was lied on and put in prison. But through everything that he went through, the Bible says that God was with him. And he walked with God. So no matter whether he was in, in slavery, no matter whether he was in prison, wherever he was, he walked with God and the favor of God was on him. So in order to leave a mark, you got to walk with God. The same thing with Moses. Moses said, look, I can't do nothing without you, Lord. Moses, whatever God, Moses went to do, he said, I need, I need you to do it with me. I need you to go with me. So you cannot do this thing. You cannot leave a mark if you don't walk with God. So you got to be like Joseph and you got to be like Moses and others in the Bible. They walk with God and God was with them. Number three, you got to get out your comfort zone. Listen, there's a big world out here that God wants us to impact. But if we stay in our comfort zone, we cannot leave a mark. Whatever that comfort zone is for you, everybody knows what that comfort zone is. God came to Abraham and he told him, listen, I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you. He didn't even tell him where he was going. What if Abraham had said, no, I'm not going. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm too afraid. I want to stay right here in my little town and I'm not going to go. But he, he heard the voice of the Lord. He, he, told, all, he told his wife and everybody said, let's go. We got to go. And he, he, he packed up everything and he left. He didn't even know where he was going, but he was willing to go by faith. That's why they call Abraham the father of faith. So we have to be willing to get out of the comfort zone, to go some places that we wouldn't normally go, to do some things that we normally would not do that might be uncomfortable for us. But if we're going to leave a mark, we got to get out of the comfort zone. Number four, we got to leave the past behind. 
Yeah, some things might have happened in your life. You might have been, who knows? We all will go through different, got different stories, and we've been through some hard things in life. Joseph, Joseph again, had went through so many hard things. And we can't, we hear the story, and we've seen, the, sometimes seen it on, on the, you know, we watched it on TV or something like that when we watched the story. But nobody knows what it's like themselves to, for somebody to, your brothers. And sometimes it's somebody that's close to you. You can't believe that this person is close to you, a mother or a brother or somebody, and they betray you. You're like, I can't believe this, Lord. How, why didn't you allow me to go through this? And then later on, he, he was got, you know, he's in, slow, sold into slavery. And then Potiphar's wife wants him. And he has to run out. And then she lies on him. And he gets thrown into prison. And we think, oh, he was in prison. He was good because the Bible says he had. No, prison is not good. <laughs> I've been to jail before. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I was only in there for two days. But it was terrible. I was in there looking through that little window. <laughs> like, mama, come get me. I was not good. I was like, I told that police when I got out, I said, you will never see me again. <laughs> ever, never, ever, ever. <laughs> so prison was not a good thing. But jo Joseph had to go through it. But when he finally became the second in command over Egypt, you know what he said when his first son was born? He said, I'm going to name him Manasseh because the Lord has caused me to forget that's how you got to do it. You got to get your Manasseh. You, I'm, I'm going to forget about the past. I'm not worried about what was done to me in the past. I'm on, uh, God has brought me to a, a good place now, and I got my Manasseh now, a new birth in my life. So I'm taking on my Manasseh, and I'm going to forget the past. You got to leave the past behind. Some people, stay, you know, you talk to people, they stay in the past. Me and my wife were just talking about this last night. Every time you talk to them, remember back in the day, remember back in the day, remember back. No, back in the day is over. <laughs> It was good. It was good. We had fun. But no, we got to get to the future. Live in the present. Live in the present moment. Enjoy life now. Stop living in the past. We were back in the day. We were listening to that music and stuff. No. <laughs> you know, they stay. I mean, it's okay to kind of reminisce sometimes, but we stay in the past. Every time you talk to people, that's all they talk about. Is, Remember back in the day, the 1970s, you know, back in the day when I had my afro. No, no, no. We live in, live in the now and plan for the future. And every once in a while, you know, we can kind of talk about the past, but we don't live in that place. So you got to leave the past behind. And then number, number five, you got to invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. See, sometimes we spend too much time investing in other people and not enough time investing in ourselves. You can't help nobody else if you don't have your life together. Some people life in shambles and they just helping, 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 helping other people. You got to invest in you. You got to get, you got to invest in your own life. You got to plan your own goals. Get you together. The only way that you can be effective is if you have gotten your life in order. Then you can help somebody else. You know, sometimes, we, you know, you, we giving all our money away. Every time somebody come around, okay, you got something, you got something, you got something, let me hold something. No, let me invest in me. <laughs> so I got to get me together first. You're trying to help somebody else and fix their car and your car broke down. No, it's out of order. You got to invest in you, in your spiritual life, in your finances, in your goals, in your dreams, your exercise and health and all that type of stuff. And then you can, numbers, number six, invest in others. See, Jesus, he took the time to invest in his disciples. He sat down, he had lessons with them, he taught them, he strengthened them so that when they went out, they will be able to be equipped. So we, I believe in investing in others too. 
He took time to invest in others. And then number seven, to be able to leave a mark, you got to love unconditionally. Now, I know that's a hard one. Because some people, you be like, man, Jesus, they are hard to love, Lord. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You'd be like, Lord, and God be like, I, you know, see, Jesus already said, he said, this, he said, listen, to love those that love you, it's easy to do that. But to those that, that don't, that the enemies and them people that are not treating you right and doing you wrong, it's, he said, but you, we have to learn how to love unconditionally. It doesn't mean we have to be a doormat. Let's not get it, uh, you know, let's not get it twisted. Not calling you to be a doormat, but just learning how to love others unconditionally. To love them, to be able to see that, hey, you know, their faults and everything and say, that's right, I'm still praying for you. I'm still just, you know, being there to talk to you if you'll listen, whatever the case may be. But we got to love others unconditionally. He said this. This is what Jesus said. He said, by this shall they know that you're my disciples. The church, if you have loved one for another. So I can be up here talking and talking all the good talk, but if I don't love Ms. Ware... I'm like a sounding brass on a tinkling cymbal. I'm, I'm ringing and like I'm ringing. But if I don't have love for my sister, if I don't have love for my brother, it doesn't matter. So he said love, that's, love is the principal thing. It's the most important thing. Not all this. The preaching ain't the most important thing. It's good and all that. But love is the most important thing. Love people and love God. And then the last thing, number eight is, we got to endure to the end. If we're going to make a mark, you got to endure to the end. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 39 says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. There's a reward if you endure to the end. For you have need of endurance that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. There's a promise that God has for us that we're going to receive, but we have to endure. After we've done the will of God, after we endure it, we're going to receive the promise. And it might get hard sometimes. But we have to endure to the end. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will, there's that crown again, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So God, he wants us to be able to endure to the end. That's why we have to fight the good fight. We have to finish the race. We have to, uh, we have to uh, you know, finish the race and keep the faith. So if we intend to release our full potential and make our mark, we must start the race so that we can finish the course. Some of us have not even gotten started yet. But God wants you today to start the race, to get in the race so you can finish the course so that you can make your mark and you can leave a legacy. So Today, I want to offer Jesus to, to you, those that are watching uh, by streaming. And if there's anybody in the house that wants to rededicate, so be it. I just want you right now to just bow your heads and repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you came to the earth, you died, and you were raised come into my heart change me renew me restore me I give my heart completely to you Lord I renounce sin this day I will no longer be the same in Jesus name Amen listen my friends 
If you prayed that prayer with me today, God has just started something new in your life. You are now officially in the race. And remember, you don't have to worry about running against someone else. You're only running against yourself. You're only in the race to get the prize that God has for you. So you don't have to be in competition. You don't have to look at other people and say, I'm not where they are. God has you right where you're supposed to be. And he's going to do awesome things in your life. I'm prophesying that. I'm believing that for you today. And so we thank God for just allowing us to be able to just, just dive into his word today and just be able to share today in this word of God. We give glory and honor to you. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you, Father God, for what you have done today. I thank you for the word that is going forth uh, through us and in us, God. May we just make it take, may it take root and may it bear fruit, much fruit in our lives so that we can leave the mark that you've called us to believe, to, to, to leave, God. Every person under the sound of my voice, I pray that you would just do your will in their lives, that they would understand in the will of the Father for them, and they would run the race that you have set before them, God. I pray that everything that has been done today in this service will be sealed. Every word that has been spoken will be sealed in the hearts of your people, God. And Father, we give glory and honor, and I pray that you would continue to fill Pastor Mark and Tamiko, Father God, with your will and your vision and your word and everything, God, and everybody that's connected in leadership, you use them for your glory, Father, as they go forth to do your purpose, God. We give glory and honor and praise to you. And we give thanks to you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And we thank God. I thank you guys for just opening your hearts today. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.